of scripture from 1st Timothy chapter 4 I want God to have this complete and total way here today we're not ordinary you hear me we're not ordinary church we're not ordinary people God is the center of this church he's the head He's the shepherd. He's the guide. He is the leader. He is the one. He's the only one that we want to have his way here today. The devil doesn't like the move of God. He doesn't like services where people respond to the Holy Ghost. The devil don't like it when you get your needs met. The devil can't stand it when you stand in the presence of God. And God centers his attention on you. And he's willing to pour his spirit out on you. The devil doesn't like that. And he'll fight you tooth and toenail. 1 Timothy 4, verses 1 and 2. Now the spirit speaketh expressly. In the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed or attention to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron, having their conscience, that God-given thing. The Bible said in Acts 2, they were pricked in their hearts or their consciousness, not this little, this little muscle we have in our, our chest. But they were pricked in their heart. You hear what I'm saying? Their consciousness was, was touched by the preaching of the Word of God. And so Timothy, Paul was telling Timothy, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron. Nothing bothers them anymore. I'm going to tell you that in the midst of a the world of theological mess in a world that has been corrupted from pulpits and in the pews. God has a church that's not going to bow down to reasonable religion. 
The devil has offered and is offering today a religion that seems so reasonable, but it'll send people's soul to hell. We will not bow to reasonable religion. God bless you. You can be seated. I'm here to tell you today that the world has dressed up Calvary in theological discourses. They have become sick in their sentimentality because they do not want to offend the so-called church today. Churchgoers are disturbed by gory references to a bruised and beaten and bleeding Jesus. The Bible said that his beard was plucked out or pulled out. His face was covered with spittle. He died between two thieves. There's nothing elegant today about that kind of a sight. There are not many pretty pictures of Gethsemane. There's not Many pretty pictures to Golgotha. There was one artist that has dedicated his life to drawing pictures of Gethsemane, drawing pictures of Calvary. This artist, by his own mouth, said that he is disturbed by pictures that do not disturb. Oh, yes, my friend. There are people that paint the Lord is going to Calvary as it being some minor inconvenience for Jesus to do that. But I'm here to tell you Jesus walked on earth and suffered because he wanted to, and it wasn't some inconvenience. He poured his soul out unto death on Calvary for you. Amen. The agony of Calvary, many people have been crucified. Back in those days, that was a capital form of punishment. It was the most horrible thing that they could think of to have somebody to be stretched between, uh, between the wood there and nailed to the cross. It was horrible. Many people suffered physical uh, agony. But oh, my friend, uh, when we take a look at Jesus, it was more than just the physical agony. The weight of the world and generations to come was upon him. For the Bible said that he who knew no sin became sin for us. He who knew no sin became sin for you and I. And that physical death, honey, was not the half of what Jesus Christ went through. That alone is beyond words. There is no way to describe of the death and the agony that Jesus Christ went through. Why did he die? Oh, yes. In one sense, he did not have to. For he told Peter he could have called 12 legions of angels, some 72,000 angels. They would have come and set him free. He could have spoke the word. And those that killed him would have died right on the spot. But he chose to go. The Bible said the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. It was a debt so bad. He who owed nobody anything took your debt upon him. He took 
my debt upon him. He who had no debt to pay, paid everything. That's why I'm standing in this church today. That's why I have the Holy Ghost in my soul. That's why I love to praise him. That's why I love to adore him, honey. Because when I was a sinner, he died for me. Well, somebody clap your hands to Jesus. You might as well help me preach. Oh, yes, sir, we can lay down our lives. We can kill ourselves, but you cannot take up your life again. On the way to Calvary, Jesus looked at some women whose eyes were swollen with tears. They were falling down on their face and crying because their Savior was taken to Calvary. And my Bible said Jesus looked over at them and he said, weep not for me. You don't need to weep for me. I'm telling you, Jesus was not a victim. He was the victor. He was not a prisoner. He was the one that was going to set everybody free. He said, don't weep for me. He said, but weep for yourselves and weep for your children, honey. I'm going to tell you, because every time you and I that need to get a hold of the horns of the altar and pray, it's in this hour we're living in today. We need to know what it is to agonize and pray. We need to know what it is that tears make hot, salty rivers down our cheeks. We need to know what intercessory prayer is. I'm going to tell you, my soul is disturbed at us today as a church because we spend five minutes at the altar. We want God to move, honey. It's time prayer gets a hold of our soul like never before. I'm going to tell you something's wrong with our church when we can take 15 minutes taking prayer requests and two and a half minutes we're through praying. I'm going to tell you I want God to get a hold of ourselves and cause us to be able to weep with the burden that our lost loved ones are going to hell. Amen. You hang on. I'll get there after a while. Jesus said, don't weep for me, but weep for yourselves and your children. If ever the urgency of the hour ought to get a hold of our hearts, it's now. Jesus is soon to come. We have no time to play church. We have no time that little things bother us. We have no time to analyze and criticize. We have no time to pick apart. We better be getting on our knees and let some calluses be on our knees and cry out in agony to God because somebody is going to hell. I'm going to tell you something's wrong with the church when we can't get a hold and pray like we need to pray. I'm going to tell you, whoever one of us calls ourselves a preacher, something's wrong with us when we can't get on the altar and pray and cry about our soul and those to whom we influence. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I'll tell you what I've done too often. I'll tell you what I've done too often. I've tried to be too nice. You hear this, Pastor? I've tried to be too nice. We don't need to enter into reasonable religion. There is no reasonable apostolic movement. 
There is no reasonable holiness, honey. I'm going to tell you it's do hog or die. It's go all the way or forget it. It's take on Christ or let him on. Yes, sir. He told Peter, I can call down 10, 12 legions of angels, 72,000 angels. He reminded Pilate, buddy, you don't have any power except it given you, be given you from on high. He was in complete charge of his own death. Those that crucified him, amen, they, they thought they were really doing something. But from the cross, Jesus looked at John and he said, I want you to take care of my mama. He said, man, behold your mama, mama, behold your son. He was taking care of things. He looked over at a dying thief and he gave him a, gave him a ticket to paradise on his way out of this world. Then he turned his spirit loose. He was in full command of the situation. He was in full possession of his faculties. No man ever lived like this man. And no man ever died like Jesus died. Hallelujah. Somebody said he didn't have to die, but did you know only God could meet the demands of his own righteousness? Only a man could identify with sinful humanity. That's why he became God-man. That's why he became God-man. Amen. That's, that's all right. Amen. It just serves his own. Just in here. Praise God. Amen. Everybody say praise the Lord. In a sense, he didn't have to. But when he took himself upon himself humanity when he took upon himself uh, that robe of flesh uh, that God man Jesus Christ did both things uh, amen but you say we still suffer and die but when Jesus died it was looked like it was all over for him but I see somebody walking up to a grave there's an angel sitting on the gravestone and said he's not here he has risen he's gone out of here you're going to have to look somewhere else for Jesus amen he's gone praise God I want to tell you when Jesus said it's finished, he wasn't talking about his plan of salvation totally. But the, the agony, the, the, the worst part of salvation, uh, of his paying the price was over with. And then he arose to walk in newness of life. And that resurrection power came in. Amen. I'm getting down to reasonable religion here in just a few minutes. I'm going to tell you, everybody that trusts him will be changed one of these days. And we're going to rule and reign forever. This old mortal is going to put on immortality. We're going to be changed in a moment in a twinkling of an eye. We're going to sail beyond the Atlantis and the discovery. We're going to split the eastern sky. When he does, we're going to be caught up caught up caught up to be with him and so shall we forever be with the lord praise god oh yes sir we stumble along sometimes and life deals us blows and we, we stumble here and there and we wonder we ask a thousand whys we shed tears sometime over our own situations more than we do over jesus but we ask God why circumstances come our way.
and we kneel and we weep and cry because we don't know how to handle everything. But I'm going to tell you, when he comes, all of our whys are going to be answered. But it's not going to be in a question and answer show. For the Bible said, Jesus talking, in that day ye shall ask me nothing. We're not going to have to worry about anything anymore, Brother Boyd. He said, in that day, you're not going to have to ask me anything. It's going to all be over with the shouting and the praising and the magnifying God. What? Praise God. All the wires and the problems and the heartaches and the sin and the sorrow and the suffering, all the unanswered miseries and, and the mysteries that we face every day trying in our finite mind to figure out things, they're going to be taken care of. And they were taken care of, my friend. And those six hours on the cross of Calvary, things were taken care of for you and I. All would have been lost had that angel not opened that tomb. But I'm glad that he did. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. We're going to talk about bowing to a reasonable religion. The word additive is used a lot these days. You have a car, it starts knocking, and they got additives to put in to silence the knock. Put in the additives. You have valve problems, I'm not a mechanic, but I have talked to some. And the valves may start knocking, sticking, and they got this stuff you pour in to take care of the sticky lifters. It's supposed to quiet those things. I've poured many a can of STP into some vehicles I've had. Hello? Some of you done the same thing. But the word additive is used a lot these days, and it means something added to something else. Usually to improve or strengthen. Y'all see some of y'all. Y'all added that stuff. It's fashionable in our day to call God in on special occasions. Political campaign, they do it, ball games. And being a church member, you know, it helps people's prestige in some quarters. And it always looks good in the obituary. One place where I was assistant pastor, one place I was pastor one time, I was surprised in reading the obituary to find that somebody in there belonged to our church. Never seen them. Didn't know them. Had no idea who they were, but they were a member, it said in the paper. It's funny how when folks go to die, they always want to be connected to a spiritual place somewhere. They always want to have connections to a church when they die. Hello? Jesus Christ is not on call to help lend favor to whatever we try to do. He has to be the first fruits. Nicodemus made the mistake of thinking that if he could add Jesus to what, what, already he, what he had already as a master of Israel, that he could have it made. 
But Jesus said, I, in effect, I'm not a new page in your book. You've got to begin by being born again. Somebody said, amen, I'm fixing to preach. Rich young ruler wanted to add eternal life to his lot of possessions. But when the Savior told him, you've got to sell out all that he had to begin with and give it away, that prospective disciple left the Lord. You'll know in the ninth chapter of the book of Luke, there's some disciples put Jesus next after burying their father, after telling a family member goodbye first. But Jesus never comes next. He don't play second fiddle. The Bible said he's Alpha and Omega. He's got to be the first, and you better wind up with him being the last. Well, hallelujah. Praise God. Oh, yes, sir. He said, seek you first. Matthew 6, 33. He said, seek you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added unto you. That's where the attitude belongs. After the first comes first. He said, permit me first. Our God said, seek you first. This living for God is a matter of priorities. It's where you put God in your life. It's where you relegate him to. He's going to have to be number one or you're going to be lost. We're living in a day where everything is supposed to sound reasonable. I've got so sick and tired of hearing preachers. I was riding down the road the other day with a friend of mine. And I told him, I said, I want you to know something. Since I have been on the radio, I have been nice. I have done my best to be careful. And I have not crammed anything down anybody's throat. I said, but I want you to know there's some folks out here that are lambasting what I believe. And I'm fixing to let both barrels go. I'm going to tell you something, honey. There is water and spirit. Baptism is right. I don't care who says it's wrong. I'm going to tell you what's wrong with reasonable religion today that blasts out over the radio. Amen. I don't care if they're listening today. They can write me, call me, debate me, whatever they want to do. But I'm going to tell you what I know is right. It's in the book. It's going to stand when the world's on fire. We don't have a reasonable religion, honey. We got the experience with God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You don't add God to anything. He has to be number one. He, he Yes, sir. I'm going to tell you what's wrong with jellyfish preachers. They got a backbone like a wet noodle. They're scared it's going to affect their pocketbook, honey. I'm going to tell you, you can pay $1,000 a week time, but this pastor's still going to look at you and tell you where you're wrong or right. Hallelujah. Glory! Hallelujah. Amen. They can call our experience an evil experience, 
a devil. They can call what we believe demons if they want to. But I'm telling you, I believe that if they don't not careful, they're going to be in danger of hell fire. I'm going to tell you the Bible said if you call somebody a fool, you're in danger of hell fire. I know one thing Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the light. And if there ever was a true Jesus, people, it's inside this sanctuary at Harvest Time Worship Center today. Praise God. Amen. What's happened? They've added Jesus to their theology. You hear this, Pastor? people's theology in this place he's number one and always will be number one hallelujah jellyfish polar bears that makes fun of a preacher that gets excited and veins do pop out in our neck when we preach i want somebody to hear what i'm saying today we do get excited we do jump on the pews we do run the aisles. We do dance in the Holy Ghost. It may not sound reasonable, but honey, we love Jesus so much it overwhelms us. Praise God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen, you deny that the Bible teaches us how to dress. You deny that message. You deny the Bible, and you deny God. You deny, you deny water baptism in Jesus' name. You deny the Bible. Somebody said, well, I don't deny it. Anything will do. Why, how, how wishy-washy can you be? It don't matter how you're baptized. Just show you're baptized. Hey, honey, I want them to produce one convert baptized in the titles, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost in the New Testament church. And I'll publicly apologize. The reason they have to say it's all right if you're baptized in Jesus' name because they know we got the book. Hallelujah. They know we've got the book. Hallelujah. Jesus said, I'm the first and the last. I'm that which was and is and is to come. I'm the Almighty. Amen. Religion's not important. But experience is. Reasonable religion can dress their pulpits with Jezebels if they want to. Uh-oh. Reasonable religion can grace their pulpits with people that try to wow them with their experience with God and their knowledge. I'm going to tell you nothing is going to take the place of knowing that there's one Lord, one faith, and one baptism. In him, Jesus Christ, dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and ye are complete in him. Ye are complete in him. The Bible said the devil believes in one God and trembles. I'm glad I've got as much sense as the devil's got tonight. Well, somebody clap your hands to Jesus. They can call it religiosity or whatever they want to say, honey. 
I'm glad I know the Bible said to come out from among them and be a separate people, saith the Lord of hosts. I'm glad I know the Bible said we're to walk right, dress right, and talk right. Yes, it does make a difference what you have on. Yes, it does make a difference how you look. He said, be ye holy even as I am holy. Now I might as well go ahead and preach a while today. Every time you start preaching uh, some rules and regulations in the Bible, you know what they want to say? Why, well, you can't get to heaven by works. I know that, honey. But you're going to have to have some works to get there. You're going to have to have a result of that word of God getting down inside of you. And when it gets in your heart, it will change your spirit. It will change your mind. It will change the way you think about God. And the things of the world won't matter anymore. Praise God. I'm persuaded to believe too many of them are too jellyfish. They're afraid they might miss, uh, miss somebody, miss a number on the board. I'm going to tell you God is calling today not to be seduced uh, by doctrines of devils and seducing spirits that take them away from this gospel. Paul said in Galatians 1, which is not another. The Bible said, he said, if anybody comes preaching any other thing, then that that we have preached, let him be accursed. As I said before, so say I now again. If anybody, we are an angel from heaven, come preaching any other gospel, let him be accursed. What did Paul preach? I can take you to the book. Paul preached repentance. Water baptism in the name of Jesus Christ. And the infilling of the Holy Ghost. That's what he preached. I said, that's what he preached. How many believe that? Hallelujah. Amen. Reasonable religion. Speaking lies and hypocrisy. Having their conscience seared with a hot iron. Bible said in 2 Timothy 4, he charged Timothy to preach the gospel. Before God and the Lord, even the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing, to preach the word. Not man's theology. Not something out of Tulsa. Not something out of Crosstown. Hello? Hello? But preach the word. Be instant in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort, with all long suffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine but after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables but watch thou in all things endure afflictions do the work of an evangelist make full proof of thy ministry amen I'm going to tell you this is the gospel that they preached Titus chapter 1, beginning at verse 14, not giving heed to Jewish fables and commandments of men that turn from the truth. Unto the pure, all things are pure. But unto them that are defiled and unbelieving is nothing pure. But even their mind and conscience is defiled. They profess that they know God, but in works they deny Him. 
being abominable and disobedient and unto every good work reprobate. Then he started chapter 2 in Titus. He said, but speak thou the things which become sound doctrine, that the aged men be sober, that the aged men be sober. You hear this preacher today. There's some things that you and I have to do. That the aged men be sober and temperate, sound in faith and in charity. On and on he goes. He said you got to teach your women to be chaste and keepers at home. Good, obedient to their own husbands. And to the word of God, be, that the word of God be not blasphemed. Oh, there's a lot in this book, honey. Besides receiving Jesus as your personal Savior. If you're not baptized in the Spirit of God, you have not received Him. Woo! I'm like that old man out in the field. You better hold this microphone. I'm fixing to shout, I think. He said, hold these mules. I'm fixing to shout. And renewing of the Holy Ghost. Now he said in verse 9, avoid foolish questions and genealogies and contentions and strivings about the law. For they are unprofitable and vain. A man that is an heretic after the first and second admonition reject, knowing that he that is such is subverted, sinneth, condemneth, being condemned of himself. I wanted to work here a little bit on this Works. Folks say it don't take works to get to heaven, right? How many have heard that? Matthew 5, verse 16. Let your lights so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. 1 Timothy 6, 18. That they do good, that they be rich in good works, ready to distribute and ready to communicate. Titus chapter 2 and verse 7. In all things showing thyself a pattern of good works. In doctrine showing uncorruptness, gravity, sincerity. Hebrews 10, 24. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. James 2, 17 and 18. Even so faith if it hath not works, is dead, being alone. Yea, a man may say, Thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I'll show thee my faith by my works. First Peter 2 and 12. Having your conversation honest among the Gentiles, that whereas they speak against you as evildoers, that they, they, they may by your good works, which they shall behold, Glorify God in the day of visitation. Right. Honey, if you get the Holy Ghost, you're going to get some works that help you go right along with living for God. I am the first to say that you never will be saved by works. I've never said you'd be saved by doing works. But I am telling you, when you get the Holy Ghost inside of you, 
There's some working going to go on in your soul. And there's some working going to go on in your spirit. Hallelujah. And there's some lifestyle that's going to change. Honey, when a, when a drunk gets the Holy Ghost, they come out of the taverns. When a dope addict gets God, he quits shooting up dope. When the skull dippers get the Holy Ghost, they lay it down. When the lucky strikes in the Winchesters, they make Winchesters. Winston, where they are. And the cigar smokers get the Holy Ghost. They lay it down, honey. That's laying down some things. That's some works. You re reasonable religion if they want to. They can fill their pulpits with homosexuals. They can fill their Sunday school rooms with lesbians if they want to, honey. I'm going to tell you this Holy Ghost salvation. It cleanses up you. It cleanses up the church. I know the Bible said in Matthew 7, 22, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, we, we prophesied your name. In your name, we've cast out devils. In your name, we've done many wonderful works. And then I will profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me that you that work iniquity. Yeah, they had some works. Evidently, they didn't have the right doctrine either. Hello? Amen. So let me go on record today. Let you know that the New Testament church and and, and Harvest Time Church and other one God Jesus name tongue talking churches are not a branch off of anything. But I know the world is full of them that are branches off of things. And I want to make this statement. It's probably going to cause some flack. But I'm going to tell you, you can claim to be Pentecostal, but you are not Pentecostal until you have embraced the full Pentecostal message. Which is repentance, water baptism in the name of Jesus Christ, and the infilling of the Holy Ghost. Don't you just take Holy Ghost out of Acts chapter 2 and leave the rest of it. He said to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. I don't know why churches preach baptism if it don't make any difference where you are or not. Sound to me like it just works. Hello? Sound like they're just preaching works. Boy, I can tell some of you ain't getting too excited here today over this. Praise God. Hallelujah. Psalm 34, 14 said, Depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. Hello? Reasonable religion is not, not to preach anything. But what's happened to the majority of the world, they've been seduced. Hello, been seduced. You know, it seems like everything that walks today is a preacher. Everything that claims the name of God is supposed to be a preacher. Boys, are sickening days we're living in. Hello, sickening days we're living in. But I'm glad God's got a church that's washed in the blood, sanctified by the Spirit, brother. And we believe in holiness, and we suggest that you do the same. 
had to be a one God, apostolic, tongue-talking, holy rolling, born again, heaven-bound believer in the liberating power of Jesus' name. Hallelujah. He will set you free. Praise God, praise God, praise God. Oh, no, sir. Popular ministries cannot grace our pulpits. Satellite preachers cannot come through Harvest Time Church. No. We believe in, in a standard of living for God. We do believe in the works that God gives us that changes our spirits and changes our attitude. You don't find our people going to the beaches and displaying their bodies. You don't find our people sucking cigarettes. You don't find our people drinking booze. You don't find our people cussing. You don't find our people using the name of the Lord God in vain. But you'll find them shouting. You'll find them praising. You'll find them magnifying the name of Jesus Christ. Glory! You won't find our women displaying their body on the street for sale. You won't find them in the stores looking like the world. You won't find our men running around trying to show off their muscles. Oh no! Why? Because we're representatives of God. It's Christ in us. It's the hope of glory. It's the hope of glory. Well, praise God. Glory. Hallelujah. You're not going to find our men and women decked out in jewelry. No. We've come out from among them. We're a separate people. We're a royal priesthood. We're a chosen generation. Well, praise God. In short, what I'm saying is I'm a child of the king. Well, praise Oh, yes, this preacher gets excited. Our people shout the victory. We've got something in our soul to praise his name about. Woo! Somebody praise him. Glory. Lord Jesus, give us more room. Lord Jesus, give us more room around here. Give us a building, God, where we can run. Shout. Thank God. Some of you sinning this morning. Some of you sinning sit on them pews. Because the Bible said quench not the spirit. That's a command. Some of you are sitting on a blessing. You say it wouldn't be reasonable for me to jump up and run. Well, why wouldn't it? 
it wouldn't be reasonable for, for me to do a jig for Jesus. Well, why wouldn't it? It wouldn't be reasonable for me to shout to victory. Oh, I want to tell you, we're not reasonable anyhow when it comes to Jesus. Paul said, I'm a fool for Christ's sake. Paul said, I'm a fool for Christ's sake. Hallelujah. Somebody said, boy, when I shout, you'll know it's a spirit. just can't keep it to myself. It's this Holy Ghost salvation. It's just as real today as when I prayed through. Hallelujah. It'll keep you. It'll keep you from seducing spirits. It'll keep you from doctrines of devils. It'll keep the holiness inside of you. Holiness is an attitude. Oh, yes, it is. And that attitude is reflected in our life toward Jesus Christ. Praise God. That's it, Sister Jennifer. Just help yourself. Some of the rest of them too stiff to go ahead and get a blessing. Praise God. I'm going to shout and I want to shout. I'm going to tell you, I don't ever want our church getting some kind of rut. Well, give it to me, Pastor. You need to get in here with it yourself and get what you need from God. Praise God. Some rest of you step out now. I'm not telling you to do anything, just step out there. Maybe if you move a little bit, something hits you. It's called by his name, washed in the blood, sanctified by the Spirit. See, sometimes you don't get anything unless you wade out into the water a little bit. That's what's wrong with some apostolic churches. Become stiff necked, too careful.
God don't even have a chance to move. Now I'm waiting for somebody to obey God now. Praise God. Hallelujah. Glory. Woo. Boy, I feel the Holy Ghost. Come down with me. Praise God. I don't particularly like to jump right here by myself. How about help, right. help me out here a little bit? said you're crazy I don't care what you think glory it's real it's real this Holy Ghost salvation is real oh hallelujah praise God praise God praise God If you see a twinkle in my eye And you notice my feet are getting light I just heard an old, old story And I sense a wave of glory And I feel a shout coming on Oh yes, I feel a shout coming on I sense a wave of glory strong Do what you will, say what you may You just better stay out of my way I feel a shout coming on now David, he led the ark of God Down the road to Jerusalem they trod All at once in the middle of the road David said, you gotta hold my robe I feel a shout coming on Oh, I feel a shout coming on I say it's a way of glory strong Do what you will, say what you may You just better stay out of my way I feel Shout coming on if you see a twinkle in my eye and you notice my feet are getting light. I just heard an old old story. I feel a wave of glory. I feel a shout coming on. I feel a shout coming on. I see it's a wave of glory strong. Do what you will, say what you may. You just better stay out of my way. I feel Shout coming on! Praise God! Glory! Oh, hallelujah. It's real, it's real, I know it's real, 
this Pentecostal blessing, and I know, I know it's real, it's real, it's real, I know it's real, this Holy Ghost salvation, and I know, I know it's real, it's real, it's real, I know it's real, this Holy Ghost salvation, and I know, I know it's real, it's real, it's real, I know it's real, this Holy Ghost salvation, and I know, I know it's real, it's real, it's real, oh, I know, I know it's real, this Holy Ghost salvation, I know, I know it's real. Oh. 